What's going on, everyone? And welcome to episode number 114 of the TXR podcast, the absolute best place on a Sunday night to grab a cold one, kick back and relax with the Emerald crew. I am your host, Invader, and I am stoked to get to the end of the year show rolling. Wow, is it already the end of the year? It's crazy. We just had Christmas and now New Year's. Crazy, crazy. However, before I do that, I am going to go to the introductions, starting with our guest. He's a real genuine guy and friend to all kinds of other community networks. He's also a very passionate gamer, former community manager for Warhorse Studios, and currently the PR manager for Fextra Life. Please welcome Rick Lagnese. Rick, how you been doing, pal? Hey, pretty good. Thanks for having me. And dude, that was a that was a pretty solid intro, bro. You even got my last name down. Good for you. <laughs> you know? Well, you know, you know, I uh I have a talent for uh for um yeah, and uh as I was saying before, uh, belated Merry Christmas. Uh did you have a good one? Yeah, thank you. Same to you. I had a great one. I you know, my wife has uh four brothers are all out of town, so all coming into town and hanging out with all the family. It's a lot of a lot of people to hang out with. So we had an extended Christmas, and uh, it's a good time. Thank you. Fantastic, fantastic. All right, we'll uh, get onto the show panel. Uh, Tim Dog, how you been, bud? Uh, did you have a nice Christmas? Yeah, I had a good Christmas. Merry Christmas to everyone on the panel. Uh, thank you, Rick, for coming along. You've been a friend of uh, the show for a long time. And, uh, you know, happy, uh, happy, uh, we're going to learn about this game and, um, hear about some of your other stuff you did in the past, but thanks for coming along and, uh, and I guess happy new year to everyone too, since we're going to be going through that in the next couple of days. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Hey, Megatron, uh, how you been, bud? Uh, Christmas and birthday. Wow. Pretty. Yeah. You wow. party animal. Yeah, yeah. I didn't really do too much for my birthday. I just kind of hung out with the fam. And uh, Christmas was great. Kids are happy. I'm happy. And I'm uh, ready to get this show going. 2020 is right around the corner. And uh, Rick, I always thought your last name was 5292. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure <laughs> It's easy to pronounce, though. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's pretty Rick now, so. Oh, pretty Ricky. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to remember that for June. All right. <laughs> pretty okay. Ricky. What a name. Uh, <laughs> All right. Shock Buddy, uh, how's your week been, bud? You've been partying it up too? Yeah, not bad. Uh, collected pretty well on my uh, Switch Switch loot for Christmas. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, just been trying to get into my backlog and but yeah, that's about it. All right. All right. I can respect that. Yeah, I think I saw you post uh, some of that Switch stuff. Nice haul, dude. Uh, and Centurion. Uh, good stuff last night on the Shop Podcast, by the way. Uh, I really like the show. How have you been doing? Oh, pretty good, man. Just soaking up the time off I got for the holidays, spending some time with the wife. Looking forward to chatting some more games with you guys tonight on TXR. And it's also great to be part of this interview and to meet Rick. Thank you. Nice to meet you, too. Absolutely. Yeah, Rick, quite the character in the community. Very, very nice guy. Uh, now, just to let everybody know, uh, Jeremy will not be with us as well. Uh, South, he seems to have a bit of a bug, you know, 
So he will not be joining us this, this evening. But we got a packed show, and I cannot wait to uh, get this started. So, Rick, uh, our viewers would certainly like to get to know you. Now, would you be able to tell us a bit about your background in the industry and your role at Fextra Life? Yeah, sure, sure. Um, so, I mean, obviously, as you guys know, it starts started with Warhorse. Um, for me, I just kind of took a lot of chances and risks, if you will. Uh, I stuck my neck out there. I wanted to meet whoever I could in the industry. I went to places where I didn't really always have an official pass, but I always, you know, faked it till you made it kind of thing, you know? <laughs> so if they're like, who are you? I'd be, you know, uh, I'd, I'd just be like, I'm, I'm Rick, you know? And, uh, so I, you know, kind of made more of a reputation just basically with my passion and, um, for gaming and with Warhorse, I met them actually on Twitter. Uh, believe it or not, um, they just needed someone to help them set up a party uh, at E3 for fans that couldn't make it to E3 or those who went to E3 at an Irish pub. The completely ironic thing is it's the same dang pub that all you guys go to or whoever goes, you know, to uh, at E3. Tim, you know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. Casey's Irish pub. <laughs> yeah, we, we, that's our meetup. Yeah. And that's where the industry It's a good time. That's where it all started for me. That's what's crazy. Um, but no, I, I, I didn't just fake it till I made it. I tried doing some things where we tried to, I tried with some other friends to do like some journalist press stuff and have our own website and I was heading it up. But, you know, it's kind of hard to uh, sometimes get the ball rolling and, and, and be consistent. And, um, but when I, you know, met up with uh, Warhorse and, and, uh, and again, just when it started on Twitter, I, I kind of skipped over some things. I mean, we would talk every day on Skype. And so getting to the point is uh, Toby, the PR manager for Warhorse, we hit it off so well. And at this party that I helped set up for them to, you know, show off their game in its early stages that he asked me if uh, I can move out to Prague with my family. And um, I'm telling you, if I was single, I'd probably be there to this day. <laughs> you know? Oh, wow. Uh, but, you know, I, I respectfully declined. Um and it was just, it's a hard move when you have five kids, you know, uh, and, and my wife to, to, to do that. And they understood that. So a few months later, they told me, he's like, you know what, I'm going to get you on the team anyway. And you're going to, you're going to work from home. So that's fine. I can do that. <laughs> you know? Um, and so with, with kingdom come deliverance is, uh, you know, for those who don't know, it's, um, open world RPG story driven. There's over four hours of cutscenes. It's based on actual history in the early 15th century. See, I still got it. I still remember, even though it's been a minute, <laughs> but, um, you know, uh, I, I loved working for them. I mean, I was with them for three years. The game has now sold like over 2 million copies. I don't know the exact numbers now, of course, but, uh, just incredible. Uh, the studio was amazing. They, 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 we were all our own boss. We had tasks to do and just get them done. And we worked so great together. Uh, the communication was great, even though I was from the U.S. And uh, after three years, though, uh, should I now kind of, unless you want me to talk more about Warhorse, of course, I, I can go into the Fextra Life thing. I don't want to take up all the time here. Yeah, yeah sure. You can get into whatever you'd like. Sure. Um, well, again, you know, uh, it, it was great. I got to tell you guys, I mean, you know, being a fan, going to E3, Honestly, is kind of because of people who I know. I told you I didn't necessarily, if you want to be technical, necessarily belong there. But if you know someone who has an extra ticket, just being honest, that's how I went. Um, 
And, you know, but after seeing all the games and then my whole life changed where I would go to E3 to actually present the game with Toby, present a game that I absolutely loved. And you know what? Sure, I, I didn't know what the heck was going on when I was at E3 except Kingdom Come. You know, I'm there at E3, and I knew more about all the games and what was going on when I was home, you know. But here I am, I present a game to journalists and press and content creators for like eight to nine hours straight with Toby. In fact, sometimes he would go and do an interview, and I would do it. So I started, like, the first year was like 50-50. Then the next year was like 60-40. Then it was 70-30. Then it was 80-20. And I was doing most of the presentations. And um, wow. And, so, and, and at first, Toby's like, oh, these are big guys, so let me do the presentation. Then he just trusted me so much, it didn't matter who came in that room. And, um, you know, it was, it was wild, and I, and I loved it. So uh, Fextra Life, you know, they, they uh, were really good friends um, just because, you know, they really liked the game. And Fextra Life always focuses on the games they want to play. That's it. If they cover a game, it's a game they're going to play. They're not just going to play a game if they don't like it. They're not going to waste their time. So they focus on role-playing games. And, you know, I hung, we hung out with them and stuff. And, you know, um, later on, they, they, they wanted to see if I wanted to work for them. And it, it took a lot of thought. But, you know, um, it was an opportunity to be a PR manager when I was a community manager to do something new and different. And, honestly, when you're in the entertainment industry, not just the gaming industry, things move a little quicker. So, you know, sure, Warhorse, they're still they still have stuff they're working on. They just added modding to the community and the tools and stuff. But you know, um, even Toby's temp, our, our PR manager is temporarily working on Iron Harvest. That's what it is, Iron Harvest. Oh right, yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. really looking forward to that one. Yeah, great game, and he's he's promoting the heck out of it, doing a great job. And you know, I'm with Extra Life now, and um, you know, there's when there's a little bit of uh, you know, slow slow down a little bit. There are at least four different uh you know dlcs and all this stuff so it was a great time honestly to transition and i i miss those guys to death warhorse is amazing but with fextra life now and tim it's not a game i don't mean it you know disappoint you but it's um you know we actually we do it's interesting because they first fextra life came out uh when dark souls first came out people in japan were having a really hard time playing the game and uh, so they, they decided to make a wiki for Dark Souls, and it just took off. So after the wikis, you know, came a website. After the website came previews, reviews, you know, and all that stuff. Um, and now Life has a YouTube channel that's very successful and, and Twitch where, you know, uh, over the last um, two to three months straight, we've been top five for most total views overall on Twitch, period. And um, so Life is, I'm on the other side, honestly. And my job, I'm building relationships with developers, publishers, and agencies to, you know, get obviously access to the game and for us to cover the game as, as thorough, thorough, you know, as we can, because it's not just where we stream it for a couple of days. We are going to, you know, usually make wikis and uh, all sorts of content. And then on YouTube, you know, and playthroughs and, and let's plays, all sorts of stuff. So we do everything and they couldn't keep up. They needed someone to continue building relations. And I, and I love it. Cause I love working with people. That's what I do. Awesome. Awesome. All right, guys, I'm going to ask, uh, 
our guest here, Rick, a question, then I'll open it up. But going back to uh, Warhorse, actually, interestingly enough, they were purchased back in February of this year. They were acquired by Koch Media at Deep Silver, uh, yes. the publisher. Now, do you think they'll have the same freedoms as before? Uh, because they were independent, obviously. I believe uh, Kingdom Come Deliverance was originally a Kickstarter game. And yeah. it, had, it had quite the passionate fan base. So do you think they'll still have the same freedoms to make the the games that they'll want to going forward? I mean, hey, fingers crossed for a Kingdom Come Deliverance 2, right? Yeah, it's a great question. And I'll actually answer that last question. Yes, of course, there will be another one. We, you know, just because of the, the passion that we all had for the first game and how well it performed. So... Deep Silver, it's well, the thing that's great is we already had this relationship with Koch Media and, and Deep Silver, of course, right? Because they, they weren't the, uh, the publisher in the beginning. As you mm -hmm. said, we had, you know, we did a Kickstarter and an investor. and But, you know, um, what works so well is that we could do and still maintain to do whatever uh, we wanted within reason, of course, right? Which was meaning that we could still stick true to the integrity of the game. There was no way they were going to compromise that. Warhorse Studios would never compromise the integrity of Kingdom Come Deliverance. And that never changed. And that's what's amazing. And then if you think on the broader scale, remember also THQ and what they have. And it's all part of the family, even though this company owns that company. And there's actually two THQs. And it's like, try, I, I don't even know how to explain it uh, as, as good as you know, someone else probably could because, you know, like I said, there's different divisions of this and that. But the, the one thing that's amazing is I met so many more people from Deep Silver, Koch Media, THQ Nordic, and, and and it's amazing the freedom that everybody has. It's it's absolutely fantastic. So when Kingdom Come 2 comes out, there is no question that it's going to stick to the integrity of the game. It's it there's no issues. And that's what's amazing. Mm -hmm. And it, that's it fantastic. Really good. Yeah, it worked out really well for everybody. Mm -hmm. Because not too many developers. I mean, heck, uh, publishers, uh, you know, we were talking in the chat before the show started that you know, Kingdom Come obviously being a historical based game, uh, you know, it has a lot of uh, intricacies to it. It was set in Bohemia. You yeah. know, a lot of people, they they wouldn't want to push the historical so much. They would like to, you know, open it up more, more fantasy based. And I was really happy that they they stuck with what they did right they wouldn't move from their position being historical based it was really refreshing in my eye yeah and you don't have to worry that's that's not gonna they're not gonna introduce fantasy and in kingdom come to i can at least tell you that <laughs> you know though they're, mm -hmm. they're gonna stick to it they're gonna keep doing what they're doing and that's what's that's just, just so wonderful uh, so i told you i love those guys Absolutely. Yeah, they, they, from what I can tell, they seem like a wonderful developer. Uh, Shock, buddy, do you have a question for Rick? Oh, yeah, I wanted to, because actually I noticed, because I downloaded uh, Deliverance on, I believe it's on PC Game Pass, unless I'm, I recollect my uh, memory's wrong, but pretty sure it is. But uh, do you guys, were you seeing a huge, like, boost when that went into, like, PC Game Pass? Like to the, I guess the overall initial sales. Well, um, when when that had actually happened, I'm trying to think here, but I I wasn't with because uh, I've been with Fextra Life since uh, April now, 
And so when that happened, I, I wasn't with Warhorse. So um, gotcha. it was a brilliant time to do that. Um, you know, there's a lot that goes into the, the business of Xbox Game Pass. And it's, uh, it's actually really good. It's a really good philosophy. But, yeah, because up until that point, I don't think I had heard of the game, and then I saw it on Game Pass. Are you speaking kidding me, dude? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually not kidding. No. Uh, no well, now you know it, so that's good. Has uh, there been an official announcement for Kingdom Come Deliverance 2? Did you just kind of break the news here on TXO? <laughs> I'm looking now. I don't I know, see I it. I like that, um, but... Uh, um, <laughs> You know, we actually, when the first um, in the Kickstarter, we had talked about doing three acts. And basically what the first game was is it got so big that it had to kind of merge a couple of the acts together. So okay. everyone knew that we never really did all three acts in the game or like all the full three. So, you know, it was always kind of out there and obvious that, yes, there will be a kingdom come to. Um, I, I believe me, brother, you know. Uh, breaking news, maybe we'll try and save some in the future, but I, you know, I'm not with them, so you know, I got you <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. But hey, that'd be nice. I mean, I'll admit I haven't finished it quite yet because there's there's surprisingly so much game to it, but that you know, it's so worth it. And I, I'll, I'm craving going back for some more. Uh, let's see who do we got here. Uh, bu -bu 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 -bu. Centurion, uh, do, would you like to ask him a question? Sure. Um, since Shockley already mentioned it earlier, I might as well just roll with it. Um, I like to test the waters because there's it's a very controversial thing, Game Pass, in the gaming community. Like, what is your opinion uh, on Game Pass and being involved in with the companies that put their games in Game Pass? And what, what's your personal opinion on how you think it's influencing gaming? I think it's like one of the best things since sliced bread. I mean, you know, I, I actually have friends who um, got into gaming again because of Game Pass. And, um, you know, when I when we went to actually that um, the Irish pub, I actually talked to the guys who started it, uh, the little Xbox party we had. And they're very passionate and committed. And, um, you know, when I remember talking to the um, – I'm trying to remember his name. I think, oh, Derek, the creative director for Ashen, and how much he was a fan of uh, the Xbox Game Pass and how it actually helps, you know, indie developers too. So, you know, I, I uh, to be honest, I try not to get into the, um, I don't know what you want to call it, the politics of gaming so much. Mm -hmm. But no, I, I hear you, man. The console war is getting kind of played out. I agree. Well, I, I have all platforms, so I win. You know what I mean? No, same here. I got all <laughs> platforms, and I don't even game on my PC. But you yeah. would definitely say that Game Pass has is one of those uh, services that help open the doors for indie developers to get their uh, products on the console hardware. Yeah, man. I mean, it's it's one of those things that um, I mean, I, you know, if I were to be honest, when I when I tried PS Now, and I know it's come a long way, but I don't know if it'll ever catch up to Xbox Game Pass. I, I just don't – I don't know. I mean, what Microsoft's doing is just – it's fantastic. And um, I know it's almost kind of obvious at the same time, right, because everything is like streaming service, kind of like Netflix and all that. 
Disney Plus, blah, blah, blah. But, yeah, no, it's great. It's great. And, and you know, I love it because sometimes there's – I'll be honest. Uh, sometimes there's a game I was thinking about buying. All of a sudden it's on Game Pass, and I'm like, woo You know, I was like, save some of that dough, you know? So, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I, you know, it's just uh, – it's, it's, it's great. It's great. Nice. I got no complaints, man. And the business side, personal side, whatever. It's all good. Okay. All right, very cool. I love the enthusiasm there, by the way, going, whoo wee. <laughs> oh, yeah, because that's that was my, you know, legit action there, my reaction. Now, if everybody else will just go, woo wee, I get to save money. Save <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Tim Dog, anything you'd like to ask, uh, Ricky? Yeah, sure. Um, I have a question about Fractalize. So, from what you said, it sounds like. Um, would it be correct to say that it's like a modern day? Uh, you remember we used to get the game guides and they used to tell you how to get past certain things. Prima. Um, yeah. It, would you say that it's equivalent to that? Like, would, would, would give you ways to, to finish games or to get past certain parts? Is that what the, is that what Factual Life is? And um, yeah. if, if it is, how many games do you guys currently have? Um, supported yeah it's a great question i think we have over 150 um wow and uh we have tons and tons of wikis now that is one of the bigger ways how factual life is known because of that so you know what was great we went to um cyberpunk uh press conference both uh or you know the uh presentation both that Right. And Gamescom, right? And um the the guy that does the presentation, they they he gave us a shout out, actually even during his presentation, saying, I love your guys' wikis, you know. Um <laughs> which we like that because obviously we, we want to be buddy buddies and we wanna, you know, make a we already have a wiki started for Cyberpunk. Um but you know, the the biggest thing now that we've done is like we're not just um you know, have a website or wikis now where we, we've actually have a, a very heavy influence now on Twitch and YouTube, mm -hmm. but Twitch is like, you know, honestly, it's, uh, it's really still so massive and huge is, you know, Twitch and you got, you guys see all the stuff that's going on. And quite frankly, I mean, factual life, these guys are full time, you know, they, right. they, they love what they do, but they, 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 these guys like, you know, the director and the owner, I mean, you're, you're talking I mean, hours on hours. They live for it, you know. So it's a very big thing. And um, it's it's to a point where, you know, you, when you see uh, a game that comes out, like especially from software, Souls game, I'm telling you guys, if you ever play a Souls game and you've Googled something like, what does this item do? Or, you know, this, this freaking boss, I know it's cheap. Right. I'm going to figure out how to beat it because I can't take it anymore. I guarantee you've been to Factual Life without even knowing it. Right now, is there a way, or is there is there a way to sign up for Factual Life? Is there a membership? Is there some type of thing that, uh, like, how do you guys uh, make money? And is there some type of thing that uh, people can sign up for or subscribe to uh, that you can tell us about? Yeah, certainly. I mean, you can be a VIP. And when you're a VIP on the website, you know, you don't have to obviously deal with ads. And it, there's all sorts of privileges, account, you know, in the forums and badges and all that stuff. And on Twitch, if you sub on Twitch, you get all the exclusive emotes. And now we have like, what, 60 of them or something? I mean, a ton of them. I don't know how many actually. It's right. like that. And um, 
but then you also get to be in our discord and we are like our well anybody can be in our discord but i mean if you're going to be in like the sub you know subscribers part of the discord and what's really cool when you're in the subscribers part is if uh you know when i you guys if you guys have follow anyone who follows flexual life you know that we have been giving away games since october and like i'm talking mm-hmm. like hundreds and hundreds of copies of games because i've been talking to developers and publishers and, and here's what happens is if some people have forgotten that they won they forget to you have to reply within 48 hours because we don't hold on to these codes forever and if someone doesn't reply in 48 hours it, sometimes the extra overflow goes to our subs you know we try to give them the, the heads up on some things that we're doing so yeah you get in the inner circle if you want if you will and uh there's a lot of perks so you know you you can follow us or you know uh same thing on you know uh, YouTube. So there's there's all sorts of perks with Fallen Factual Life. It's a mess. I mean, there's about six million users, Tim, that go to our website every month. So um, between wow. Fextra Life and Game Pass, I can save me a ton of money. So I need to sign up for this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sign up for this gamer. right away. Get a, get a ton of gamer score too. There we go. Yeah, I see you guys have uh, Kingdom Hearts three, which I need to start. I, I'm looking at it right here. Mm-hmm. I need to get into now, that. Um, as far as you're concerned with your personal journey, like you said, you really started from, uh, you know, just an everyday fan, like everyone on this podcast, pretty much. Uh, yes. And, uh, you know, you got a couple of breaks. Uh, what what do you do? Do you think this is going to be a long term thing or where, where do you find yourself? And or do you do you, uh, where do you want to take this like for yourself personally? Yeah. Uh, or is this something that you want to do for a while and then maybe get back into the community part for another game since you did such a good job with um, Kingdom Come Deliverance? Yeah, well, thanks for saying that at the end, too, by the way. Um, but, you know, the, the truth is, is because Factual Life, what they do and the, the blood, sweat and tears, if you will, quote unquote, that they put into it. Uh, I could easily see myself um, doing this in even uh, bigger capacity, and and that will most likely come uh, even down the road because um, they're they're getting so big that they you know we need need a little help too to be honest with you. So uh, yeah, now you know another thing, Tim, is that what I see what I love doing is um, being a free man. You know they they give me tasks and mm-hmm. I get them done when I get them done. You know, I mean, right. like if I, as long as I get them done, I, I, they're not, they don't micromanage me whatsoever. And what that does for me is my, my thing in life is always being as free as possible. So my family, you know, comes first and I'm able to do all right. the stuff I, all the stuff with my family, man. And that, that means everything to me. And Warhorse treated me the same way. So with Factual Life, yeah, sure. Um, doing that on even a, a bigger scale. I mean, it's a pretty big scale now, but even doing it in a bigger way, absolutely. I could see myself doing this, you know, till till Greybeard becomes gray head, gray face, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so you so, want to be within the industry within some capacity and even maybe within Fractal Life, even for a long time. This is this is your journey and this is where you're pretty much taking it. You, you love the industry. And I just think that that's just commendable because – um, you know, myself even and, and people on this podcast, uh, I just remember, you know, not that I'm in the industry, but I just remember the first time I went to E3 and, and it's crazy how we all build these relationships and, 
you know, uh, you know, we do a lot of things and, and it's just crazy that like one of us, yourself, uh, actually got, got, uh, lucky and, uh, you know, is doing something that you love and, um, you know, uh, that's a great thing. It's just great to see you grow too. Like I said, I remember when we were at E3 the first time and you were doing those presentations and you, you know, I remember you, how tired you were, because uh, you were like the <laughs> second day and you were, you were literally, you were literally hunched over a chair and you're like, I got like five hours of presentations to go. <laughs> and, uh, you know, um, I just remember that about you because you're a hard worker and, uh, that's just it's just great to see that like just one of us a fan has made itself into the industry and it also gives us all hope well you know it's i'll be honest man i mean there's there's no two ways about it um when i so when i went to my 33 that was when i went to meet warhorse and um my wife sarah was due two days after i got back so no one in the right mind would would go being in that situation. But I wasn't in my right mind. So <laughs> uh, meaning that I, was, I knew in my gut. I knew that, we put it this way, I really felt that this is what God had for me, that I'm going to go and I'm going to leave the results up to him because I, I know my wife, she always goes early, by the way. She usually goes a week or two early. And, and having our, you know, because that was our, we, she was due with our fifth child, you know. So we had four at the time. And uh, I just, I just took a chance. I just went all in and, you know, really hit it off with those guys. And when I got back, I, I'm just going to skip long story short. I literally ended up delivering our fifth child. I, I it was, a, it wow. was the day I got back. 24 so hours when all. I got you got did it all, brother. And then you delivered your own, your fifth child. Congratulations. Yes, sir. Literally. Well, that's a great story. It's, a, it's a long story short, man. But, um, you know, and, and, and I'm still a fan. So I, I'm always humbled and, and um, you know, I'm still just one of the guys, if you will, you know. So when I'm in the industry, I, you know, I also learned a couple of things, too, that, you know, I, I still – I, you know, I try and treat everyone the same. So it's like, you know, sometimes you see some of the politics in the industry and it's like, you know what, I, I don't care about any of that nonsense because, you know, the way I see it is, you know, I, I look at someone who's working in the industry and, and as far as I'm concerned, I have a lot that I can relate to somebody just on that, you know, just don't, don't get me caught up in all that political crap because, uh, you know, and I'm not talking about console wars. I'm talking about the, all the other nonsense. Um, right. Mm -hmm. And and what you know what's great is it's not as bad as you think. There's just people like to make a big deal on social media, but then when you talk face to face, it's not that bad. You know what I'm saying? Well, I, rem like, well, I remember with with Kingdom Come Deliverance that the um, you guys had ran into some type of uh, I don't know what it was. I, uh, something was something wasn't. They said you weren't depicting something right, or there wasn't a representation or something. And I rem i don't remember what the cause was. I'm sure that you do, but I remember you're the the creative director, and it was like, "What the hell? I'm just just I'm just doing history here." And uh, I don't know if it was enough, you know. I don't know where it meant, but I remember uh, there was some there was some type of political uh, bullshit that was going on with the game. Do you remember that? 
I remember everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I remember that too. Yeah. Well, I remember exactly. You know what? Um, there was obviously there's misunderstandings. Uh, anybody can do a Google search and come up with an assumption about history within seconds. Whereas Warhorse uh, actually uh, hired a full time historian, jo- Johanna. I always pronounce her name wrong, but she um, was very uh, rigid. And even sometimes Dan and her had some discussions at length just about the history because they wanted it to be as accurate as they could. But at the same time, it, you know, we don't call it a history game. It's just a historically accurate game where, you know, we try and make it as accurate as possible. Yet at the same time, it's still a video game. And no matter what it is about history, you'll always find someone who has an issue. And you know, you, that's when you have to go with your heart. When you know you don't have any ill intentions, when you know you're not trying to, not even trying to uh, purposely offend anybody. I mean, I know how people get offended over saying anything these days, but that wasn't it. It was just, this is, they, they, they made the history based on, you know, even where they live. So it's not something that we were going to stop making just because we knew that we had good intentions. You know what I'm saying? That's what it comes down to. I'm offended, right? right. Good. Well, then, <laughs> I, don't, no, I don't care. <laughs> I yeah, joke. Rick's I mad because the Giants, Giants lost again. We mean it. Oh, oh my gosh! Giant no more Giants. And, uh, he's a little yeah. testy today, like me. Yeah. Well, you know how it is, man. It's like the last few minutes of the game, and they just fall apart. And it's like, you know what, Pat, bro? Yeah. You're not a New York guy. Get out of here, Pat. I know. He's, I think he's. I'm not going to uh, go uh, like talk about it for a lot, but he's gone, and so is the GM. They they both deserve to go. They have to. Yeah. They just like you said. There's how many games that they've done this. It's the fourth fourth, club, fourth quarter comes and they lose by twenty. It's like yeah, ridiculous. That's on the coach. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, too funny, guys. Um, now. Now I'm interested. Uh, what have you been playing recently, uh, Rick? Obviously, uh, with Fextra Life, uh, I would assume lots of RPGs because Fextra Life. I mean, it seems to feature mostly RPGs from the sounds of it. This is true. So that's you know one of the things I like is now they they do a variety of RPGs, but um, some of our better ones are ARPGs, and that's what I love the most is ARPGs. So when you're talking you know, um, any Souls game uh, or Souls-like game, you know, we're, we're pretty much covering it for the most part. And, uh, you know, but but just so you know, I'll give you a little disclaimer. I don't play these games. I tr- Well, I try not to play these games when my kids are up. You know, sometimes I'll play a little bit of this. And my wife's like, really? And I'm like, well, it's work, you know. <laughs> and, uh, you know, but she homeschools too. So I really have to watch. Sometimes I might play it on the PC, but... I pretty much wait for all my kids to go to bed. And then when my wife goes to bed and then I'm like barely up. But what I have been able to accomplish this year is I did play all the way through code vein and uh, code vein is wow. one of my super hits of the year because it is very souls like, but it's also unique to itself. And it's very challenging if you don't play co-op and um, you know, some of the best boss battles I've encountered. So I went through that whole game and, uh, and I went through a couple of 
uh, indie games. I played a couple games that I should have finished in 2018 that I finished in 2019. Like I love Ghost Recon. Um, anything Ghost Recon, I'm all in. Um, and I'm currently trying to finish God of War. I'm so far behind, guys. I have Fallen Order. I still got to go through Sekiro. Like I got Uncharted 4. I have. I got to finish Gears of War 5 with one of my buddies. Like you know, Outer World. I, have you played? Outer World is on the backlog. I went through Remnant oh, from the Ashes. So that was a game we covered, but. You said Gears 4 yeah, or Gears 5? How was that game? Right. How up? was Remnant of the Ashes? Now, that's a game that's in Game oh. Pass. So, so, but so I Remnant... heard a lot of good things about it. But... So, it's like a Souls game, but it's a shooter. And it's it's absolutely fantastic. Because, you know, the, the multiplayer is great. You can play without the three people. Um, you know, and some of the... The monsters in there, like the the again, boss battles and the loot, the the upgrades, everything. Oh, and Tim, he'll be back. Yeah, yeah. Be back. <laughs> but uh, Remnant is was our multiplayer game of the year. Uh, so if you have not played it, guys, and you like shooters or you even like Gears of War, whatever. Not that it's just all like Gears of War because it's it's not a cover game, but you do roll and run and dodge or whatever. You would, it, it's incredible. Very underrated. Oh yeah. oh yeah, you know what? I've been meaning to check out that game too. And I, if I'm not mistaken, too, the studio just got bought by THQ. If yep. I remember. Yeah. Yep. yep. They got uh, they bought Gunfire Games. Yeah, that's right. Because they were they were also working on, if I'm not mistaken, Darksiders Three. So. Yes. So oh, that's good for them. Good for them. Now I have to ask Rick. Uh, you guys have a lot of. You guys are covering all kinds of different RPGs, like we we're talking about before. Uh, is there any RPG coming out? Like any of the new ones? I see you guys covering New World, Elden Ring, and a few yeah. others. Is like, is there any like being talked about amongst you guys at Fextra Life that anybody's really excited about? You already mentioned the big ones like Elden Ring is, of course, that's going to be our, one of our bread and butters. We absolutely love anything Souls-like, of course. Um, I actually have a, let's see, I have a whole list of some of these games. I mean, Final Fantasy VII Remake, you know, Dark Alliance D&D, of course, Gears of War Tactics. You know, that's one we're going to probably want to get into. Um, New World, Amazon's game. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's not to mention even... You know, uh, Neo 2, that we cover Neo 1 extensively. I mean, very extensive. So, yeah, Neo 2 is huge for us. Cyberpunk, of course. Um, you know, Last of Us Part 2. Uh, and, and then, my goodness, man, dude, E3 rolls. And we're, like I told you, we're not going to know what to do. I mean, we're going we're gonna, we're gonna to be so busy. Like, these, these last couple weeks and maybe even early January has kind of been nice. Cause we have like a mini kind of little break, but we're still busy all the time. But yeah, man, those are just some of the games. I mean, I'm sure I'm missing a few others, but I'll say those, those, those are some of them. And then, you know, SO, we cut, we've, we've covered a ton of SO. We're on their stream team and all that jazz. And, you know, SO when Skyrim <laughs> rolls out, we'll be into that. So. Well, you know, Centurion here is uh, playing just, it religiously. I just checked my log today. I'm at 905 hours, and I'm still not even as far through the game as I should be. <laughs> Dang. What, what kind of magic level? What, what levels are you at with 900 hours? 
I am a level 563 and cap is 810. Jesus. Crazy. And and I actually I I know I've kind of quested with a few 810s and though that's die hard right there is to be full 810. Wow, but how many hours would an 810 be? Holy moly. I do, now here's the thing. I also was checking my stuff today cuz I was kind of checking my stats and uh, you know, Sean Sue, the moderator for uh, the shop podcast. Yep. When I was looking at my uh, stats, it was like, oh, you've collected 246 sky shards. So I'm like, okay. And it's like, that's number five. And I'm like, who's number one? And I checked Sean Sue and he's got over 2,600 sky shards that I'm kind of curious on what his level in the game is. Oh, no doubt. Uh, you know, I uh, I haven't played Esso, uh, but uh, man, I know you're addicted. <laughs> I, I, I like the fact that it's I don't know, like I like I, this is the first MMO I've ever got into, and I like the fact that it changes with the times. Like during Halloween, you got the the witch the uh, witches festival. Um, then you have the uh, New Age festival right now, which is bringing in uh, New Year's and uh, the holidays. Um, they always have some kind of an event going on. They always bring out new expansions, new dungeons. It's just really awesome to have a game that's constantly changing and evolving. And it's something you could put down, go play a couple other games and come back. And it like there's new stuff to just discover coming back. All right. Very interesting. Uh, Shock Buddy, anything else you'd like to ask, Rick? I put him to sleep talking about ESO. Probably, <laughs> probably more or less. Wow. Shock. I have a I have a question. Right. Uh, so I'll take over. I'll take Scott of Shock's position since he's uh, fell asleep. Um, what is your What was your take on? Because you you are an Xbox fan. I think that uh, you love all the consoles, but uh, I am. you do. You 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 kind of I would say that you kind of like Xbox. Well, that's like the way you play the most. Y yes. What what do you think of their last month and particularly the decision to show off Scarlet uh, the way they did uh, XO nineteen and then Scarlet and what do you think of the Hellblade two? Uh, you know the the trailer. What was like? Take us <laughs> in your mindset when you when that whole thing happened. Yeah yeah so. Um, first off, when, when Jeff's talking about, you know, weeks and all this stuff that's happened, but here's, you know, he, he's basically, and here's one that hasn't been leaked yet, you know, and I'm like, what is going on? And then I see that. And, um, you know, I, I definitely would not have expected them to, to, to do that, uh, at the game wars, but here's the thing, what Jeff Key was so brilliant about doing, and he's a smart guy, he's a very passionate and dedicated guy. And, you know, all these streamers, he got to host the, the Game Awards. So there was millions of more people watching it, I believe. I don't know if I'm exaggerating, yeah. but there, the numbers were astronomical. So, yeah, so here's the thing. It was brilliant for Phil to do that he, because he knew. He, he, he knew that, obviously, the, the potential. So that's my opinion, obviously. But, um, you know, when, when I saw the Hellblade, I'm like, what is this woman trying to pronounce a curse over me? You know, like what? <laughs> you know, like, my kids come down the stairs because they're wondering what's so loud, like the vine. Because I turned it way up when I started seeing all this, 
and and it and it looks great, but I'm like, oh, what the heck is she doing? And I, so, you know, honestly, that she looks like crazy. kids me, don't come in here. It just got real. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's like to me, what happened is it. To, I'll be honest with you, that was so weird to me and odd. It was like so spiritual, that, like what what they're doing that I I almost lost the uh, the feel of the Xbox. Like I was like, in my opinion, I'm like that was not the right thing to show uh, when you're putting her face in front. Like, I don't want to see you. I want to see, which, oh, I mean, I appreciate the graphics. Don't get me wrong, but, you know, I'd like to see more. And it was just, it was so weird, dude. I was, one guy on Twitter was like, man, I, I just voted that to be my favorite thing of the show, so I wouldn't get a curse put upon me, you know? <laughs> so, uh, it was a little out there, man, but it was impressive. Let's be honest. Yeah, I think the actress that they mocap. Um, she's actually she, she did look like she was possessed or something. I think that that's what I've noticed. I noticed that like when I was looking at the graphics and details, like the, her eyes and so specifically like if you watch video games, a lot of times they can't get the mouth right. Like it seems to have like a, it seems to like doesn't look realistic. But when I saw that and I was looking at that, I was like, wow. They really nailed it, but yeah, it was it was uh, pretty freaky. But I was freaked out, like I, I was. Yeah, like, it creeped me out for sure. <clears throat> but I was just like, I couldn't believe that they did that. You know, uh, you know, I couldn't believe that they did that the way they did it. Like, not in a million years did I think they would do that to, at the game show. But like, like uh, Rick was saying, um, I think that was all Phil. I think Phil was like, "Let's go for the gusto," because. From what I heard originally um, was is that they were going to show Hellblade at XO, and um, they said, uh, you know, uh, and then they were going to they were always going to show X or a uh, Series X at the thing, but you know, I think that they were right in showing that that game, even though it was creepy, because it showed power and definitely showed off the power. But they they were originally going to show that for XO, so that was uh, pretty uh, interesting. I thought too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Uh, Megatron, you got something you'd like to ask? Yeah, I do. I kind of want to go back to your uh, beginning days of gaming. Um, I'm not sure. I know you've been on, you know, several podcasts before, but uh, what was your first uh, gaming experience? Was it PC? Was it console? Bring us back. Dude, to, uh, I'm old, bro. Maybe, I mean, we just, because we had a question last week, too, about, you know, even the uh, holiday, like, game Christmas experience, like, uh, yeah. what was that like for you, maybe, possibly? You want to share with everyone? Yeah, so, it was, we got to go way back, man. <laughs> Let's go, man. Hey, I've been gaming since, pff, I was, you, I was what, four years old, and I'm 43. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah, you got a few years on me. You are old. Shoot. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh so, I mean, I go back to Christmas with my grandparents and, uh, you know, he always had my grandpa always had to give us the, the biggest and best gifts out of everybody. There was no doubt. And um, we're in the basement and, you know, we're opening up all these gifts and all of a sudden there's one more. And it, it was the Atari was it 8600 or something. Oh, OK. Uh, yeah, man. And, and I was I was I was done. It was game over. I mean, game on, I guess you could say. Right. Because. I was uh, I was playing the Donkey Kong Mario game. I was playing this pie game where you're like throwing pies, like, <laughs> you know. Uh, I was playing pole position, which it was, like I'm telling you, I don't I don't really play racing games besides like Mario Kart and but pole position, I could not get enough of that game. 
Um, there was a ninja game, a baseball. So, dude, yeah, it started with the Atari for me. And then it went to, you know, Nintendo. I would go over my cousins and we'd be playing Sega Genesis and Console Wars started all the way back then for us because we're like Nintendo. They're like Sega. I'm like, you know what? You come over our house, we play Nintendo. We go to your house, we play Sega. Let's leave it at that. And, uh, <laughs> you know, and then and then for me, I could not believe like when I first played Rainbow Six on my PC or when I played Resident Evil, the first one on PC. And yeah, man. So I, I've ever since I was, I don't even know. Maybe, like you said, well, you you're probably a little younger than me. You said four. I was probably like six or seven. I don't know. It was young. Yeah. I mean, I remember my dad taking me to the arcades and uh, I'm playing yeah. the pinballs and uh, mm-hmm. the Pac-Man. Anything that that I could put my quarter in, it would last as long <laughs> as it could. But uh, those yeah, those are the days. Those are the best. Those were the best when we went to the arcade. Uh, I used to, my father used to, we, we used to, my mother and father were divorced, so he would usually, we, we would spend the weekends with them, and, you know, so we were sometimes just trying to pass time, but one of the t- things that we used to do was uh, go to the arcades, and, uh, you know, that was pretty much what got me into it. I remember getting the Atari 2600, and... Uh, you know, it's been a lifetime thing for me. I, I love video games from that day or from just the technology. I remember, you know, uh, you know, begging my mom for my hero, a game for Sega Genesis, uh, which was like at the time I thought it was the, the most amazing thing. And now I look at it and I'm like, what a piece of shit this game is. Uh, like it's, it's just so crazy how as gamers we've evolved and like how things like in a way sometimes i think that we've like i don't know we've regressed in some areas because i think sometimes we're too critical because back in the day i'm sure that you can remember when you got a slowdown like in a game or, or you had drop frames it was kind of funny it was like, like contra like contra remember contra yeah, how you would jump around, around. but i thought that was yeah. something i didn't realize that was just it was slow down because it was like cpu i thought it was just staged because it was just like the action was kicking in it was like that slow motion you know right. thing that you, yeah. you didn't <laughs> so, care. no i loved it sometimes i think as you know older gamers we do have to just let people know we have to just stop and smell the roses because you know you look at right. where we were with contra and then look at you know hellblade 2 i mean it's just it's, it's a it's a gorgeous thing and to, to know that history yeah. and like i said same thing you with you tim i had that my mom and dad were divorced uh at an early age, so we had my dad had us over the weekends too. So it was it was the uh, arcades, and we but then we had the movie theaters, you know. So we would do the movie two things. Theater. We would go to the movies. We're like, and, we're like brothers from another mother. Me. There you yeah, go, so bro. But <laughs> the movies, and then uh-huh. then the the, the and then the arcades. I remember like you would get like ten dollars with the quarters, and it was the best thing. It was like oh yeah, it lasted two three hours. Man. <laughs> Those are, well, I had a twin brother. I have an evil twin, so maybe two, two, three hours for you, but it was maybe an hour and a half because we did fight over that last quarter, man. <laughs> so it was yeah, a good time back then. It was a good time. I used man. to have a brother too, though. It was the same deal. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, yeah, it was a good time, well, man. Well, it was funny, like we used to play, and then and then I, I remember uh, well, I, what happened was is that like I started getting older, and my dad was like, "What do you? You still want to go to these arcades?" And I'm like, "Now mm-hmm. I'm like." A little bit older, and he was—he was more of a, you know. I've always played sports and stuff like that 
but he didn't like the technology. He just he he did it because it was time to pass. But uh, just video games in general, he used to get annoyed. Like if I if I play video games, um, you know, at the house or whatever, you know, he would be like, "Get out, go play with your friends or whatever." He, yeah, he wasn't into that. Definitely right. good times. Yes, indeed. Dang, look at you guys with your uh, going way, way back. <laughs> but, uh, hey, Shock, uh, is your mic working? Yeah, I think so, if you can hear me. Yeah, yep, we hear you. Fantastic. I guess, I guess when I use Safari to do the podcast, it mm-hmm. just never works out. Oh. Uh, <laughs> All right. Um, but yeah, I'm probably looking forward to definitely using the site when uh whenever Nintendo gets around to releasing that Metroid Prime four, I'm sure I'll be hitting that up to find all the expansions Sweet. and or all the <laughs> add ad- add ons that you have to try to find. Those Metroidvania games. Yeah. Well actually, well it's funny you mentioned that too, because yeah, they're gonna probably gonna have the Metroid Prime trilogy out first, I would imagine, before oh, cool. Metroid Prime four. But uh, it's going to be a while, unfortunately. I haven't said anything. It's so frustrating. I've been waiting and waiting. Um, yeah, I think they restarted production like last year or something like that. Yeah. Well, thankfully, Retro Studios is uh, taking the helm of that sucker. But yeah. uh, it's going to be a while. going to be a while. Um, Centurion, you got anything you'd like to ask? Um. Yeah. Well, uh, since we're all going down memory lane here and we're picking Rick's brain, um, RPGs have always been kind of like my bread and butter in gaming. Um, I've played all sorts of games growing up, but for some reason I just gravita- gravitated towards RPGs because they make you think the idea of being able to go through a game in multiple different ways sometimes. Um, I j- what Basically what I'm getting at is have you always been in RPGs or is this a love you picked up fairly recently and got into Fextra Life or what really is your preferred uh, kind of game? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, so my preferred kind of game is probably action adventure. Um, and but that that's how it was for a very long time. And then Dark Souls came along and uh what was real funny is i remember first day playing that i was playing that at my mother-in-law's because all my brother-in-law's man just being honest big time nerd so you know i i had appreciation for a little bit of nerd in my life you know because uh when i back in the day man you got to understand old school like you know uh it was not like these rpgs man it was like these really simple games and like what was a real big deal when i was playing street fighter you know, and there was no none of these stupid twenty hit combo crap. Now, you know, it to me, I couldn't, I couldn't take it when these combos. I was like six hit, fine. When you do more than six hit combo, I'm out. And you know, but then <laughs> these RPGs started coming in. I, I'll be honest, I'm like they're too smart for me. But Dark Souls merged that for me, the action role playing genre. And I remember being with my mother in laws and it was real funny because. She just got a new TV and it was on the low lit or whatever. So it was like, it was hard to see anything in the game. And I thought that's the way they made it, which I actually loved it that way. And then you face a boss almost in the beginning of the freaking game. And I was sold because the main thing now still best all time for me is going to be Zelda because that's nice. Yeah. Yeah. That was the benchmark. And they, they, they helped with all these games, all the front software games. 
you know how many like all the big boss games i mean sure i know mario whatever but zelda was one of the most influential games of all time and always will be you know what i'm saying 100 percent. yeah agreed with that dude you said zelda i got every damn triforce in zelda and didn't know what to do next like i could have used you guys back then I, I, to this day, that bothers me. I mean, that goes way, way back. Um, but I had no idea where to take the Triforces. You know, like I didn't have, we didn't have the money to get the magazines to look at the little codes or read the little, you know, the, uh, you know, each one of these gamer magazines had like different, you know, uh, sections that would help you with uh, the game. And I would try to go with my mom to the store just to go into the magazine section to try to find that. And I just did not know. I mean, I know now, obviously, but it's just a game that I'd never got to finish because <laughs> the information wasn't out there at the time. So we didn't have social media back then. Right. Yeah. Is there an app so, for um, uh, the, the thing that you're working on now? Uh, is there an app? Are you guys in the process of possibly building an app? Like where we hmm. can get it on the iOS and, uh, you know, probably get all the information from there or have you heard or currently no? Currently no. And that's, it's on, it's actually a, not even necessarily a bad idea. Um, but right, so right now, you know, uh, Factual Life isn't like some massive studio. There, there are people that kind of work around the world. So it's like kind of running around the clock, being that I'm in upstate New York. Uh, and, that, you know, they're, they're all the way. I mean, it's, it's, it's all over the world, which is great. But the thing is, is um, no, the, the, the short, simple answer is no. But uh, it, I wouldn't even be surprised if it becomes a possibility. Uh, but you know, right now, right. if you type infect your life, you know, you'll find the website, YouTube and Twitch, um, you know, so cool. not an app right now, but it's not a bad idea. And what no, is the uh, website exactly for the, for the uh, listeners? So the effects life, uh, if you just type infectualife.com, then you'll see, you know, on the front, you'll see it actually, you know, the past week or so, uh, it's been a little slow just because of the holidays, but. You know, normally we have articles a few every single day. Um, and if not that, it's YouTube videos that we put our YouTube videos up there, our wiki, you know, all sorts of, all sorts of stuff. If you go to the website, you'll find links to everything. So factualife.com, great place to start. Cool. All right. All right. Very cool. Uh, definitely uh, check that out, guys. Uh, highly recommended. Lots of good wikis, guides, and whatnot. Yes. Uh, Let's see here. Now, I was curious because obviously uh, TXR, it's an Xbox-centric podcast. And Xbox has been buying up, I guess, what you would call more RPG-centric studios. You got Obsidian, mm -hmm. obviously In Exile, and obviously you guys have been covering RPGs like crazy, whether that be uh, The yep. Outer Worlds, yep. uh there was a few other games, uh, Pillars of Eternity. Yes, of course. Uh, of course. Uh, do you like where Microsoft is going right now with their studio acquisitions? And is there, like, would you, is there anything that you would like them to highlight going forward, like address in their catalog, would you say? Well, on the personal side, I absolutely love it. Just because, like Tim said, I do, uh, Xbox is my primary console it just is i like the way they have xbox live that's it's just incredible and um 
So mm-hmm. uh, whenever I see them acquire a studio, I'll be honest, there's another part of me that's like, yes, exclusive free games. Come to me. No more $60. <laughs> so, yes. You're just saying Game Pass. Game Pass, yeah. The world. <clears throat> um, so I, I love it. I love knowing that. You know, Hellblade, I'm going to put a curse on her, by the way. That's my goal when that game comes out. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. Uh, I forgot her name. You're awesome. But no. Anyway, um, you know, I I love it on a business side um, and and personal because I just love it anyway. But we love the more of the RPG games. I mean, come on. That that just gives us more games to cover. So it's like, let's go. I mean, with these new consoles, with all the stuff you're going to be able to do, there's going to be no sleeping hour. I mean, the it's going to be insane we're going to be able to make wikis for so many games man i mean and cover games extensively so yeah we'll say bring it on obsidian now uh what else what was in exile so mm-hmm. in exile, yeah. yeah wasteland 3 looks awesome which we're I like that at. that's another one we're really excited about so yeah we're all in man and they, uh, they, even though it's not a studio first party but i'm sure that you're excited about the news um that moon studio uh, is now, in addition to doing Ori 2, they're doing a ARPG, which I can only imagine what the hell they're going to do. They're a great studio that's uh, not under the X. They are part of Xbox Game Studios, but they're not owned. They're independent. Wait, I heard about Ori, the second one, but you're talking... They're, gonna, they're, they're making an ARPG. Yeah, they announced that mm-hmm. they are working on another game. Uh, whether it's multi-platform, I don't know, but uh, possibly could. But it's going to be an ARPG. They want to get into uh, that, so I thought that Love was it. interesting. So, Love it. That's great. Definitely. I, I have a question. I have a question. If I could, Invader, I know that. Yeah. Uh, you know, you've been pushing this, uh, and you said uh, to me on Twitter. Uh, you know, you've been talking about uh, like uh, White Owl, uh, a Japanese studio possibly being in the uh, hunt. Uh, what do you think of Xbox's idea of four Game Pass studios being a global brand, meaning that they have studios from all around the world? And Phil said that he likes the idea of having, uh, you know, certain regions and everything represented. Um, what do you think of that idea? And do you think that uh, more studios are going to come? Uh, or do you think that they're pretty much done? So what I love about this is um, you have, let you know, let's be real here. There are some companies, for example, in Asia that have a harder time getting over into the American market, right? So just because of the different type of games. Um, we've actually talked to a couple of these studios that we even try to help promote their games over onto the U.S. side because now some of them are trying to not just make PC. They want to go in more of the console side and they want to make uh, maybe some more ARPGs, like, for example, side games. Um, with, it's actually a PlayStation game. But anyways, the point is, is that when you go to all these different regions and all over the world, you're going to get a much more of a variety. So that's a great thing. Right. I mean, you're going to get all sorts of stuff. And so what that means is it's just more game. And that's always been Phil's thing is more game. So let's go. Yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah, definitely. You can always appreciate the different cultures and new ideas that we haven't thought of yet. Those new experiences that everyone's been always, you know, just waiting for, you know, the next gears, the next God of War. Who's going to come up with that? uh, That next big thing. And it can be from anywhere. So the more the merrier. Absolutely. It's exciting. 
<clears throat> Got that right. Uh, let's see here. Shock, anything else you'd like to ask, Rick? Um, yeah, because well, I, I couldn't hear Megatron earlier, so I think I was going to ask some, something similar. But was there maybe a good, what was your favorite like arcade as a kid uh, growing up? Um, arcade game? Machine. Favorite Arch, yeah. Which one you, your favorite arcade you spent like the most time at, as far as well, I got a story for you guys. Now, first, I'll answer that and say to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles four player multiplayer. Yes. Nice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, let me tell you something, man. So we used to go to Chuck E. Cheese when it was actually good. I don't know if it's good where you guys are at. I don't even know if you guys are animatronics. <laughs> I remember going when I was a kid. Chuck E. Cheese was Chick the place now. to go. It's horrible. Uh, now I'm sorry, it's but it's bad. Yeah, but it was so good back then, man. Like that's where you went. That's where everyone went for their birthday party. And um, so the my grandpa, man, again, my grandpa, my, he 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 was a he was a baller. So he gave us like fifty dollars each in coins, and I did the dumbest thing. All my cousins and my brother, they're all going playing all these games, and I unload. I actually like I was real cool, so I put fifty dollars of coins in that stupid game. So this all I did the whole time, and they're all like, Rick, Rick, we're having a great time. This this ride, that right. And I'm playing this game now as much as I love it. I'm don't just say ski ball. Don't, don't. <laughs> I loved it so much that I did the dumb thing, and I never leave that machine because I dumped it all in there. And it was sad. But I do – I love it. And also it, the next one after that would be uh, Super Street Fighter. So Nice. Yep. Wow. Wow. I mean, I remember being at a drive-in a lot uh, when I was younger and uh, just putting all kinds of quarters into Killer Instinct personally, but uh, that and Rampage for some reason, but... Oh. Oh, you said a, a drive-in movie theater is what you're saying? Yeah, because yeah, they, yeah, uh, they had like, you know, you know, go to the lobby, get yourself a snack. Well, where all the snacks where there's like a like mini arcade or whatever, and they had all these machines lined up, and I, I would waste all kinds of time. Sometimes I'd like miss parts of the movies just because I was that into like KI or something, you know. <laughs> Which we, still have, we still have drive in movie theaters by me, by the way, not too far in Warwick, New York. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I was me say too. With that KI, uh, we'd always stand behind the guy that would always play his orchid. And he'd play he'd be KI one, uh, so he'd do the orchid thing where she like unzips <laughs> for a fatality. Mm -hmm. And then when I got KI gold on the N sixty four, I was like, I can't do it. There's this that that because it wasn't in that game and the second one. It was just hilarious watching like people play that game like religiously. <laughs> yeah, I remember the uh, yeah the unzip motion. <laughs> uh, too funny. Uh, Centurion, you're up next, but anything else you'd like to ask, Rick? Uh, yeah, two quick ones. First one, how excited were you when uh, you saw Sikoro take that Game of the Year moniker? Oh, man, that was huge, uh, even for, from Factualized perspective, because we, we also um, called that our Game of the Year, and it means a lot, um, even in a personal side to Factualized, because we love the Souls game so much in Sekiro, we believe absolutely deserved it. I mean, you have everything with that game. Story, gameplay mechanics, the music, uh, the challenge, everything. And sure, you know, even, even just that it's not – it's single player. I mean, it's just just awesome, man. Uh, you know, I I can't say enough about it because I honestly thought somehow that 
I'm not even trying to take away from Death Stranding, but I'm like, there's no way. I, I'm just going to be honest. You, if you're going to have a game be game play game of the year, it needs to have everything. Just about, you know, like okay, fine. Maybe it's tough because it's not a multiplayer game, but you need to have really like amazing gameplay to be considered game of the year. And Death Stranding did not have amazing gameplay. Uh, I remember when Sicko came out. Uh, we will not mention who, but a couple gaming media journalists were kind of boo-hoo over the difficulty of the game. Um, <laughs> that 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 made me crack up, and that's why I I was totally for Sicko winning because of the fact that you know it, it's a very niche style of gaming when it comes to something that's supposed to be so difficult that you literally have to put work in to beat it, and it was good to see it take game of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, now with next gen coming, what are you? What are your uh, hopes and expectations on the kind of RPG worlds we're going to get with these new consoles being as powerful they, as they are, and also trying to cut yeah. down on load times? So, so my thing would be no, <laughs> and it, and it still seems like a dream, but sixty FPS with a thousand people on screen. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Ooh. Oh dang! <laughs> or even how about a hundred? Is that reasonable? A hundred? You think we they can do that? Now, Maybe. when you say 100 people on screen, are we talking? You know, I, I mean, like, um, we'll even say, uh, no, I don't want to say that. When uh, you say 100 people on screen, are we talking NPCs or actual people? people? Yeah, I know. We're talking actual people. You know what I mean? Like, imagine. So online, online persistent world. With you know what I've always wanted to play? Right now, It'll be like an MMO Souls type game. An MMO Souls. Here's a dream of mine. Where you have, we'll say, even 50 soldiers on one side and 50 on another, sword, shields, medieval style, and you say go. And you just run at each other, and it's smooth 60 FPS. You get one life and you're dead. I don't know how the lobby would work. And that's it. No messing around, soul style, I guess you could say. Be a new battle royale. There's some epic battles there. Yeah, yeah. Be like for, for you got honor battle catapults yeah. and team battle royale, which is a pretty cool idea. You could you could have like you know you could uh, depict you could you remember the the old middle age fighting and stuff like that. That's actually that would be cool. Like you're all on one team. I think so. More like real time strategy. Team. That epicness. Like the epicness of the real time strategy, but all those, you know, but you're actually controlling each individual character. I don't want, this, you, I, know. you know what? I don't like the RTSs because I don't like playing with like like teeny little guys. Like, hey, hey, what's going on? Well, yeah, but it's just full size. I see what you're yeah. saying, but like, as yeah. epic as the battles as those are, but just at just a, a yes. up and close scale, you know, just like you say, you're controlling the characters. The I mean, individual why not have you've ever played? Your archers, right? Your archers and. Then you got your guys with your sword. You know what I mean? Catapults, like, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Maybe guys with some hammers. You know what I'm saying? Then you got like a king, uh, you know, queen. I don't know, dudes. You know, just. Uh, <laughs> I think that would have and, to be and, a and next it, gen it, only. That have to be a next gen uh, only because I don't think that the new the all the consoles we play on now with the CPU would be able to handle it. So, oh right, I next love the idea only. what you're yeah. talking about. But I would. Could you I would imagine the esports event around that? Oh. Could you imagine the scale of the esports event around that, Tim Dog? Dude, you'd you'd have some bloodthirsty well, I, fans out there. <laughs> well, I think that well, to be honest, I think that Stadia has talked about this. They talked about um being able to be 
the multiplayer world being able to be uh, basically native to their server, uh, so everyone is grouped in. So this is uh, this is actually great ideas, but this isn't. It's not far off. The, the developers have thought about this. Um, I just think that um, it probably would be five years down the road because you'd have to get these, these uh, like the old OG Xbox One S and the S. And even the X, because of the CPU limitations, wouldn't be able to handle that much, that many MP, that many people on screen, that many effects, that type of stuff, calculations. But for the new ones, the way they're looking, you know, I know that there's been stuff rumored. Even if the the, the new console comes out and it's 10 teraflops for PS5, that's Navi, that's RDNA, that's unbelievable stuff. Uh, so, yeah, I think uh, that's a tremendous idea. Yeah. Maybe you should bring that to uh, your Warhorse friends. That I, <laughs> I mean, I would just, I would just love it because I, I, and I'm not talking about any goofy, you know, like play to win or pay to win or, or um, even any weird stats. I just mean so simple and basic that maybe that would they could focus on that and just mm-hmm. literally like there's no advantage. You know, you, you, you have your – everyone can pick – you have a certain amount of set number of classes, right? So that, that's the amount. So everyone's going to get the same amount. Not, you know, no, no stupid lightning bolt from the sky comes down on someone. Just straight-up medieval action. Let's go. Damn, we got me – Sounds good. I want this now. I want to be Megatron, DM freaking Phil right now. <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean – can you imagine though? Like, hey, that's the right. Hey, the new Xbox Series X, man. Power your dreams. Sounds like a good right, one to man. me. Next exactly. time, next next time we're in uh in, in chat with Phil with on Xbox Live, I'm gonna make you bring that up. A, <laughs> Definitely. I'm gonna, I'm gonna great idea. Well, yeah, Even guys, you can have the next hit on the, on the other hand. <laughs> yeah, think hey. think about it. Even if it was like, let's say 64 on 64, 128 player pool you'd have 12 archers you'd have uh you know you'd have people on the horses yeah you can make that and then and then you just fight until one one team wins or one 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 faction right. wins you right. could even have another variance where you have castle siege, where you have the siege machines and everything trying to break down the castle walls and the other. I mean, we can go that. right into Basically, we can go right into Age of Empires going. and have that branch <laughs> off from that franchise. You know, you can you know more. Yeah, up. you know what? It's We're brainstorming here. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Very that versatile, guys. There we go. I think I think we should copyright this. Copyright TXR for this, and we'll have to send this over to Phil. How about that? I feel like a yeah, game Rick, developer we'll, we'll sitting there somewhere taking hey, notes. Rick, yeah. we'll get you in the party. You know we'll get you an Xbox Live, and uh, we'll get you in there. We'll uh, chat. We'll talk it up a little bit. You know, there. Let's do it. <laughs> you know what's funny is that we'll probably all forget about this, and then like five years down the road, we'll be watching the commercial. We'll be like, medieval on what? You want to talk about the biggest idea loss ever? When I was a kid, I figured out how to hook up my Nintendo 64 to the VCR and record myself playing. I was told that was the stupidest thing ever by people. Now, look at game streaming. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, look, exactly. Never, uh, never, never run the rest of it. So when people tell you stupid, they'll they'll steal your idea. That's what they dude, do. Dude, I mean, like, all the way. Now I'm just kicking myself in the ass going, dude, if only I would have just pushed the envelope a little bit. Yep. <laughs> <clears throat> all right. So 
Let's see. Uh, Rick, we're going to... Is it okay if we ask you uh, like a few more questions? We obviously don't want to keep you for too long. Ask me anything. All right. All right. What's Where the are the winning... The... What's the... Well, there you go. Oh, no, I was going to make a joke. What's the winning numbers for the lottery? <laughs> I was going to ask him what's the specs for Series X. That's hard because I don't even know how many numbers are in the lottery, so I would probably shortchange you. You know? No. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> All right. Uh, All right. The, the specs? Oh, I don't know, dude. I'm Oh dead. come on! You know you got a developer kit just like Phil Spencer sitting under your TV. Ooh, that that would be nice. There's there'd be no question, but I do not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see here. Let's see here. Um, well, based off of PS5 dev kit shock. <laughs> yeah, he's got one right now. As a matter of fact, it's vacuuming his house. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> nah, we're good. Hey, now, don't make fun of the Johnny Five console. Come on, now. <laughs> uh, some of the mock-ups I've seen about it. you know, it's all in good fun, guys. But oh, some of them are really good. Um, so, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, obviously, Rick. Um, we're seeing some launch games come for uh get announced for the series x we got halo infinite coming uh there are a few others down the line obviously you talked about hellblade um which one of these titles are you really looking forward to already even though we've only seen a little bit do any of them get you really excited oh man um i mean there's the obvious halo you know anytime you see a new halo uh Sheesh, what what else would I'm trying to think though, like besides those few games, I mean, um I'll know a lot more when I get to E3, that's for sure. But you know, I think mm -hmm. I, I wanna see most of all Halo. What can I say? Because you know they're gonna do anything and everything. Like if, if Halo ends up being a disappointment, which it's not going to be, but if it did, it would be devastating for Xbox because that's their game. That's their number one game, isn't 100%. it? 100 yeah they're gonna show what the uh, the new xbox is capable of in halo that's why i'm like because imagine imagine if they didn't like they have to there is there, that is like most of their, their stages their are, i'm sorry but it is so that's why i'm looking forward to it because i'm gonna we're gonna see what this system is capable of with that with halo Mm -hmm, absolutely now it looks like they're going to be opening it up a bit more too with like you know they haven't really talked a lot about gone to detail but they seem like they're going to be opening it up with exploration uh rather than uh you know more of the uh corridor shooter that they like more traditional there's that they... no way it's gonna stay it's there's gonna be some game changer in halo it has to be is they're going to have to open it up it's there's no question it's gonna be mm -hmm. opened up yes sir has to be Mm -hmm, absolutely yeah it does well it certainly looks like they're going that route and it's interesting it's uh very interesting okay so rick if you're playing your first person shooters are you inverted or are you playing regular never inverted you're inverted no, you said never no no no, no. oh okay all right gotcha no, i always had to know that from people i always play inverted so but you play uh, inverted you you're, you're going to hell <laughs> <laughs> And oh my god! Metroid Prime. Oh uh, no! They say, that, they say that invert is the right way to play because because it's default on Metroid Prime. Mm. You get uh, used to it. I mean, 
there's certain games I remember back in the day that you couldn't change, and you get used to it. And I can understand why people get. They say because of the way it works. Yeah. Your your mind actually interprets. That's the correct way your mind would interpret it, or something. I think Yabara was telling me about that, mm. or so, somebody. He plays inverted. I know, definitely. Yeah, but yeah. I, it's just it's from all of you know the you know the you know the flight games I used to play on like the Genesis yeah. or whatever. I think it was F twenty two, and you had to. I got used to playing inverted. So as I was flying around, it just kind of stuck with me. So that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, Shock, anything else you would like to ask, Rick? Uh, no, I, th- I think that's the amount of questions. He wants to know your favorite color, Rick. <laughs> it's green. What's, what was your, what, what's your, fa- what's your all-time uh, favorite console? There you go. All-time favorite console is probably, um, shoot. It's either N64 or GameCube. Nice. Uh, Good answer. Good choices. Because... Let's see. Goldeneye was Nintendo 64. It might be Gold. No, it's Gold. It's, it's 64 because what was all the game? Was it Ocarina of Time? Ocarina of Time. Yeah. Oh, that's a classic. <laughs> it's, it's because of Ocarina of Time and Goldeneye. Goldeneye oh, favorite. Probably my favorite game of all time. As crazy as that sounds, even though I'm all about Zelda. Not Clay Fighters? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't like Clay Fighters. Ocarina of Time was my game, bro. Like, give me yeah. that grappling hook and shooting the arrow, the, you know, the camels with the arrows. That game was oh, just yeah. phenomenal. The puzzles of that game was just... Yep. Uh, awesome. Chris, Chris, I was at my in-laws' house Mario playing that on the DS. <laughs> oh, yeah. wow. Oh, that's, oh, that's crazy. Uh, let's see here. Centurion, anything else you would like to ask, Rick? Oh man, I don't know. I just don't want to keep me. That's a very good question. Other than, you know, how about what is your, you know, you're asked your favorite console. What's your favorite game of all time? I I think uh, I like I was saying. I think that would actually be because oh, you just said you just said it. Yeah, there you go. Goldeneye. Like it, you could play the single player almost forever because they gave you so many options to customize it. Then you could customize the difficulty and all the weapons that you wanted to start with. I can't believe games don't do that. Like, well, and now, now, because you were a GoldenEye fan, what'd you think of Perfect Dark? Oh, I love Perfect Dark. I played that a ton of that. I didn't like it for the Xbox at all. I thought it was terrible. But <laughs> uh, but it started out actually. It started out on the sixty four. I remember playing that on the sixty four. Yep, exactly. I loved it on the sixty four. But you know, with Goldeneye, I put the difficulty up. You could put up to one thousand percent, and um, which means you got hit once and you died, or maybe two hits, or whatever. The guy that, on you. Once you got that golden gun, of course. Then it was like rocket launchers and and that one golden gun, and that was what I remember oh, the most. That just annoyed the I, hell I out of me. Golden guns because I put all their life up to thousand percent plus their accuracy. I put all like the highest accuracy you could of every stat. <laughs> it was insane. It was like. I just, dude, I couldn't say enough about the facility. I still remember the facility level on the '64. Oh yeah, that means you had <laughs> the days. So that means you had a lot of friends over playing Goldeneye. Dude, we had a lot of fun, man. We used to have um, the remote mines. Oh no, no, the proximity mines. We knew where all the respawn mm-hmm. points were. So when someone died, they just keep blowing up, and they'd respawn uh, the proximity uh, mines. And we just, we could, we were tear in tears because people were getting ticked off. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine Goldeneye if they were actually able to do online multiplayer during those times? When they did a remake, it was actually, you know, I I played. I'm like, oh, I just can't do this anymore, though. It was like one of those things where I don't even want to try and relive it because it was so good. Mm -hmm. I just let it be. 
You know, and, and it was played just, with license to kill, right? Uh, wait, license what's that? To kill meant that meant uh one one shot one or basically instant death. Oh uh, yes, yeah, so, somebody. <laughs> yep. Yep. Played oh, that. Wow. Man, I feel like a little kid right like... now talking about this game. <laughs> but then, that was, you know, that was great memories, man. <clears throat> I mean, uh, you know, you, you, uh, a lot of the Zelda games would be up there as top games. Dark Souls one. Uh, Ghost Recon games because those are some of the best games I ever played. I mean, they just were. I put, you know, Borderlands one. That's another one. So then you, you're mentioning Zelda. So what's your? Is it, is it the first Zelda? What's your favorite Zelda? Favorite Zelda. Zelda. It might be Ocarina of Time or Twilight Princess. <laughs> it might be Twilight. Because right. um, of the darker tone. See, I love Breath of the Wild. Don't get me wrong. I put more hours in that than any others. But was really, I, I, there's no way I'd give it a ten because you cannot tell me how you can justify not having a water temple, a fire temple. Mm-hmm. You for those stupid shrines. I don't care if there's a thousand of them, uh, or 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 better yet, the divine beasts. You know how how small those things are, those little places are to go through and find the boss. Yeah. Get, water down. Like, get rid of all the water get rid of all the vine beasts, and let's get the temples back. And then you give me my tent. My, oh my God, I haven't put in too much time in Breath of the Wild, but I don't like the fact that your weapons break. That annoys me a little bit. Like I just, I just wanted to last. You want like, even the master sword? Yeah. I think it breaks, right? If I'm not mistaken. And it comes back, and you don't have to like buy it again or something. It just goes away for a time. But mm-hmm. after a while, too, you mark my words, they will go back to those temples. They better anyway. See, I, I'm surprised you said the water temple. I hated the water temple in Ocarina time. That was like one of the temples. You're just like, oh god, I don't want to do this. It right was now. brutal. It was brutal, no doubt. But I love. I love them being inside that whale. It was. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I kept crazy. getting lost in the forest. I, whatever for, that part was with the forest, and you know, you go right twice and, and, and up once. I kept getting lost. When I was a kid in the forest, I figured out the glitch. If you're going down the dead ends, the, the circle will stay black, but if you're going down the ones that actually move on to another section of the forest, you'll actually see the glow of the uh, next section starting to come through in the center. I was actually able to see which ones were the dead ends. Nice. Mm-hmm. Now, Rick, is there any like upcoming like features or like any big anything big upcoming for uh, Fextra Life in the coming weeks? Hmm. I mean, really, we're we're gonna keep doing what we're doing, and we, you know, which is just covering games really quite extensively. But we're always talking about evolving. You know, like would we ever try and do more games outside of the RPG genre? Um, you know, there's these are some of the things that we sometimes talk about once we get some more people working for us, too. So, you know, other than that, I probably don't have much else for you, but we're we'll definitely be evolving and expanding. So who knows what the limits are going to be? Because as far as we're concerned, there are no limits to what we're capable of doing. Fantastic. Are nice. you uh, going to be at E3 this year? I'm going to be at everything, brother. Oh, so how many E3s have you been at, Rick, by the way? I meant to ask you that. Uh, let's see. I don't know, seven maybe, maybe seven or eight. Wow. Seven. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, all right, Tim. Is there anything else you would like to ask, Rick? No, I think we covered it all. Uh, just uh, wish, 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 wish Rick the best of luck. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and uh, it's just nice to see, uh, mm-hmm. you know, like one of us actually, you know, uh, it's inspiring to see one of us actually just a fan or just a guy that's podcasting, whatever, yep. you know, uh, follow, follow his dreams. And, and like you said, go for it and, uh, look what, look what can happen, you know, and now you're in the industry, you're going to E3, you're going to Gamescom, you know, and, uh, yep. just mm-hmm. a great story and appreciate you coming on. Uh, it's always a pleasure to have you. It's awesome. Thanks. <clears throat> Definitely. Uh, just one last question, though. Uh, what kind of advice would you give to people who are interested into, uh, you know, getting into like a PR role or something along those lines? Just kind of breaking in. Yeah. Um, well, first off is, you know, you have, especially if it's PR, you got to know how to talk to people. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you got to know how to look people in the eyes. That's for sure. And uh, just go for it. You know, I mean, you, you like Twitter, social networking is huge. And uh, Twitter was a great way that I've met a lot of people. And but you have to be willing to take chances too. What I mean by that is like when I, when I went home, my wife was almost, you know, when I almost missed our, our fifth child going into labor. I'm not saying everyone needs to go to those extremes, but, you know, I went to events when I could go and I did it because I enjoyed it so much. You have to obviously really enjoy the industry, but you can't sit on your booty. You know, you got to go and make it happen. Just go and make it happen. And what I mean by that is you got to go with your gut. And uh, I've always said going with gut, with my gut is me found after God. You know, that's that's my life. And, you know, but I I just, when I'm really passionate about something, um, I, I go all in. You know, you, you either plan on doing something 100% or you don't do it. You know, don't do anything half-heartedly. I mean, it's not going to just, you know, as, as what Tim said is true. I, I was in the right place at the right time, but I still had to go after it. So, you know, talk, you know, as far as more practical things, you know, talk to people on Twitter, social media, talk to the community managers or, you know, get involved on uh, Discord or, you know what I mean? Like if you if you're really involved in um, in a particular or a big fan of a particular game, I've seen people that are just fans of games and get in the industry kind of like I did. You know, they were responding on the the forums and Discord, and and they got to know the dev. They even tried to, you know, help just, you know, promote their game, but just out of just because of being a fan. And, you know, uh, devs and publishers who are smart, well, especially the developers, you know, when they're smart, they'll – and they see someone who's uh, who they know is going to – would be really beneficial for their game or whatever it is. Uh, they'll, they'll, they'll really put that in high, take that in high regard. You know what I'm saying? So you gotta be, you gotta be proactive, man. In this day and age, uh, there's a lot of the younger kids after us that think sometimes that, um, they got a piece, they got a college degree, so they're good to go. No, you're not. No, you're not. You got to go get it. I don't care if you have a college degree or not and not taken away from a college degree, but you're not entitled to anything. You got to go get it. Some awesome advice. Uh, I would love to throw. <laughs> I would love to throw my hat in the ring and, and go into the industry side of things. Uh, I love my job. You know, it pays well, but I wouldn't mind just kind of just being there. You know, just whether it may be community manager or something. No, I'm thinking about it. We'll what see about, one day. What about, who knows? I mean, you already have some connections. We've had that conversation. You'd yeah. have to retire from where <laughs> you'd have to move. That's the only thing. You know, but, you know, I think that there would be a job for, you know, you possibly somewhere, you know, at least get you in there. But it'd be, again, you have to retire. and You're close to retirement, right? 
Uh, I got I got a ways to go. I mean, with a, with a three year old, with a three year old and a five year old, I mean, the demand is there still high for me to keep on uh, doing what I'm doing. It's just all everything's all based around you know income and you know how that goes. It's just uh, I understand. We'll that. see. We'll see. And you're in, you're you're not too far from me, by the way. I'm in New Jersey, so I don't think you, one of these days I'll have to come by there, come by there, and uh, bring the kids and talk some games. Sure, meet up. Oh yeah, man, we could, we could do that. We're yeah. all tri-state. Yeah, I'm telling you, I wouldn't mind meeting up somewhere. I got I have six acres where I live. We can we can go in the, the trails in my backyard, run around, man. Got a few dogs will chase us and we'll have some fun, you know. <laughs> all right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. If it was right. too much of a chase, I'd probably fall right after the first step and then, like, <laughs> get them off me. Get the dogs off me, Rick. Uh, <laughs> I, I would love to meet, meet up with you guys, man. That would be good. It's always a good time when we get together. So, heck yeah, definitely. All right. See what we can do. All right. And I think on that note, I think we're going to end off the show now. Rick, it's been a real pleasure having you on tonight. It's been a wonderful chat. Where can our audience find you? Yeah, well, um, and thank you very much. It's been an honor. The honor is mine. Um, but, you know, you can always, if you ever do a search for Rick5292, uh, you can usually find me uh, anywhere. I'm pretty boring. Even my gamer tag is Rick5292. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, uh, you know, it, on, on Twitter it says Pretty Rick, but it's still Rick5292, so that's where you can find me. Awesome. 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 Yeah, we'd certainly love to have you on again at some point. Uh, you know, it's been a real pleasure, like we're saying. And again, Happy New Year, Rick. Uh, happy upcoming New Year. Same to you guys. All right. And to everyone listening in, <clears throat> definitely head over to Fex for Life and check out the wonderful guides and walkthroughs there. They have some really wonderful write-ups. Fex for Life is definitely on the up and coming. And yeah, thanks to everybody that tuned in live to the show. If you happen to enjoy today's content, then drop a like, subscribe, and leave a comment. Now on to our outros. Megatron, awesome time tonight, my friend. Where can everybody find you? Ah, on, um, as always, Megatron underscore 1975 on Twitter. And on Xbox Live, it's just Megatron 1. Okay. That's it. That's what I'll be. All right. Good stuff. Good stuff. Tim Dog, hey, great show tonight uh, from the Xbox Warrior. Where can people follow you at? Peace! On Twitter, you guys know where I am. So, um, just stop by. Uh, just most of all, just everyone have a happy, healthy new year. No drinking and driving. Take an Uber. If you're going to do any kind of partying, take an Uber. Um, and thank you, thanks for all the fans for showing up. Thank you, Rick. Uh, have a happy new year and um, thank you. You're tune in next week. Yeah, definitely. Shock. Hey, good stuff tonight. Where can everybody follow you at, bud? Yeah, at Shock Nero on uh, Twitter. Easy Shock on uh, Xbox Live. And uh, yeah, I think I'm going to have to get to that deliverance, make it my next uh, backlog. <laughs> Sweet. Nice. Oh, I hey, I highly suggest it. Actually, I need to get back into it too. What am I talking about? I ugh, kicking myself. I still need to finish that sucker, but uh, definitely worth it, guys. Everybody in the chat, check out Kingdom Come Deliverance. Centurion, hey, love the input tonight. But where can everybody follow your content? 
As always, you guys can find me Xbox Live, Twitter, and YouTube at Centurion1307. I do Sunday nights here with you guys on TXR. I do Saltiest Gaming Podcast on Thursdays and the Shop Podcast with PTK Blam and the guys on Saturday. And man, it's been a great honor to meet you, Rick. It's been awesome. Uh, kind of lit a fire under my ass on a couple projects, but just <laughs> listening to your speech. <laughs> Thanks. So definitely, um, it's been a great honor just talking with you. Thank you. It's great to be here. Seriously. Nice, nice. Well, uh, we yeah, we appreciate hearing that, Rick. And thanks for watching, everyone. Speaking for the show panel, we hope everyone has a happy new year. Keep safe, as Tim was saying. Don't drink and drive. Just be responsible. But have a great one, guys. We'll see you in the new year. Take it easy, folks. So awesome. Fext your life. Happy New Year, everyone. 2020. Yeah. Happy New Year.